The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This is Soulful Living on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Terry Williams. Hey, wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to another 30 minutes of Soulful Living here at Empower Radio. Well, we're in 2020, and this is my month of celebrating 27 years of being clean and sober. Last week, I did a little bit of an um, impromptu show where I shared some of my experiences and how I've been walking through this path of recovery. I think we're recovering every day of our lives. And I have a friend, a colleague who is walking her own journey of sobriety and recovery and has stepped into the world in one of the most beautiful ways, offering yoga and trauma trauma recovery sessions for people within an amazing environment. And today, as I was practicing my own meditations, reading from a book called Everyday uh, Meditations, I came across today's topic, and it's um, something that I want to read to you. I want, by understanding myself, to understand others. I want to be all that I am capable of becoming. This all sounds very strenuous and serious, but now that I've wrestled with it, it's no longer so. I feel happy. Deep down, all is well. That's by Catherine Mansfield. And there's more to it. Talking about how all is well and in the midst of turmoil, you can remember that all is well and that through that pain, giving of yourself and um, creating a community where you can inspire and help others, that's what life is about. And that's what Robin Childers of Welcome Home Yoga is doing. She's creating community and she's come to this path through her own levels of self-awareness. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Robin's journey and how you can inspire yourself through her work. So welcome to Soulful Living, Robin. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. You are welcome. You know, um, so your website is Welcome Home Yoga. And as a shamanic practitioner, one of the first things that I say to people after a soul retrieval is welcome home. And (laughs) when you came into the space that we share together, that really resonated with me. And that energy felt like a deep connection to, to you and to what you're bringing about in the world. And so how did you come to that? How did you come to welcome home yoga? How did you come to um, bringing that self-awareness out into the world and helping others ignite their own sense of self? So the actual name came from the name of the studio and wellness center that I've co-founded with uh, my fiance Melissa, who you've met and know. Um, and love. It, and love, yeah. <laughs> the name actually came from um, my yoga teacher welcoming me home. And um, mm. along the path of my own healing journey, um, you know, throughout the years, you hear welcome home. And, you know, you really long to hear those words, I think, when you're flailing and desperate and just in the middle of this very scary 
soul search. And, um, you know, to be welcomed home is just such a grounding, settling um, place of stillness where, where I really think you can start to do the work. And so when I heard those words, welcome home, you know, you've come to the right place, welcome home. I knew I was in the right place. I knew I was in the right path spiritually, and I wanted to be able to share that gift with others. So naturally, when I was thinking of, we're going to call this place, you know, um, it just fit, it felt right. And I didn't have to, like I said, welcome home. That's what this is about, you know, welcoming someone else home, really to themselves, you know, but Mm -hmm. providing a space that they can do the work. Well, I love what you said there about really to themselves. I feel like as I was reading your mm, official bio, I've known you for a bit of time now, but as I was reading your official bio, I thought, yeah, like she's, she was welcomed home to herself and now she's bringing that beautiful experience to others. Um, And I really loved reading the aspects of, of your bio, but of course I love following you on social media and I, I see you as somebody that presents themselves on social media as you are in real life. And you've certainly had your struggles. You've certainly had this um, journey that included life-threatening illnesses and, um, you know, mental illness within your own family. And is this all part of how you are finding that sense of self-awareness and healing yourself? Well, certainly, I think it plays a pretty big part. Um, You know, I think we only keep what we have, right, by sharing it with others. And Mm -hmm. I have found so much healing and um, love and support over the the past 15 years, really. I, I began my recovery journey 15 and a half years ago after a failed suicide attempt. And, you know, I really thought I was just so broken beyond repair. And um, I started out by going to 12 step meetings. And um, from there, just started to connect with with other healing modalities. And yoga was one of them that I was introduced to at the time, though, I just I couldn't get still enough to commit to like a regular practice. Um, Or maybe it was just a lack of willingness on my part. I just for whatever reason, that's where I was. And, and so about seven years later, I was in a really bad car accident and, um, I sustained horrible injuries. You know, it was a life-threatening auto accident and I became addicted to opiate narcotic pain medication. And even though I was in recovery, you know, and they were prescriptions, I found myself just, uh, down this, um, horrible spiral once again. And, um, and I, I think I knew like intuitively I had enough recovery by that point where I just knew I was in big trouble. Well, in the midst of dealing with all of that and having multiple surgeries, um, which I'm sure you can relate, you know, given your own situation at the moment, having had some surgery recently, um, it's just a, it's a pretty humbling time. And, you know, when you're brought to your knees like that, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, I think you just start to, to reach for things that might deepen your own spiritual world. And, um, during this time, before I really put myself onto a more healing pathway, my mom committed suicide and she made that, you know, decision on the anniversary of 
my father's death. And, and it was just absolutely horrible. I don't, <laughs> I really think back to that moment in time and, and I'm not sure how I survived it, honestly. Um, and having gotten through it just one breath at a time, I started to think that I might be next. You know, I, I started to think that, you know, it was really inescapable and I was entertaining all these dark thoughts and, and what came to me in all of those considerations was yoga. And I thought, you know, I've tried medication. I've tried therapy. I was in physical therapy for a couple of years. And I thought, if I don't get well, I'm next. And so I sought out a teacher, highly respected teacher in this area, uh, who's been practicing yoga for over 35 years. And I came to him and I told him my, my story and said, you know, I, I know that a fuller immersion is what I need. I, I can't just come to a class here and there. And I really need to immerse myself. And I explained that I was addicted to narcotic pain medication. And I said, I have no intention on teaching. I just want to maybe find a little strength and get well enough to check myself into detox and, you know, figure out if I can overcome this. And he was quiet for a moment and I thought, oh my gosh, he's getting ready to kick me out of here. <laughs> and he, and, and I was about to turn and head for the door and he said, you've come to the right place. Welcome home. And okay, that, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's how it all began. And I just knew as soon as he said those words, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I'm in the right spot. And this, I just knew if I could commit. And I did, I, I put my heart into it. Um, and I really found a whole new level of surrender. And so having said all of that and shared that with you, you know, I still, he's my teacher to this day and I've had extensive training. And, and while I never started out with the idea that I would become a teacher, it's kind of like recovery, right? We, we only keep what we have by sharing it with others. And, and it's helped to strengthen my own practice. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. I mean, I think this whole world could use more yoga, more recovery, more ways to heal, to come home to yourself. So that's, that's why I'm here. And that's what, why we're doing what we're doing. Well, and I think that we are always recovering from something, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be an opioid addiction or an alcohol addiction. It can be sex addiction. It can be a physical um, illness. It can be something like what I'm going through that has completely disrupted my life. We're always potentially recovering from something. And when we find those tools that help elevate and escalate our own sense of spirituality and connection to ourselves, how can we not want to share them? You I, know? I fully agree. I think that, you know, I, just in this last calendar year alone, I, I took a couple of trainings um, that were trauma-informed yoga trainings, and people are recovering from all kinds of trauma and, you know, closely linked with addiction. And it, you're right, it's not substance-specific, you know. Um, simply getting caught up in a cycle of craving and aversion to anything or anyone, right. you know, right. it, it really throws your entire life out of balance. So um, having a practice that, you know, a daily, essentially intervention to inter disrupt that disordered thinking, you mm -hmm. know, is, is useful to everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, I love how you said that, that disordered 
thinking, you know, addiction is really just that you it's you're so focused on something else that you have no order. You know, there's it's chaos in some way, shape or form. And alleviating that, learning those tools that can um, take you out of that element and elevate your life and that you, you yourself continuously learning, you know, coming off a year of taking different, different trainings to help you not only help yourself, but help others. You know, I love that you said about coming into yoga in the first place. When I took yoga teacher training, which I did not finish yet, it was for myself first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to learn body alignment and elevating my soul to a different level. So I get that, you know, that first and foremost, it's for yourself. Absolutely. I mean, if it were for someone else, I just don't think it would, it would work, you know, it, it, it wouldn't show up for, for you in your life in the way that would be big enough to share it with someone else, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter enough, you know, if it weren't mm-hmm. for you first. And so when it comes to yoga, um, when it comes to meditation, uh, I have to figure out how I want to say this. Um, is there an element within it that you feel helped you transcend your life more deeply or was it the combination of all of it? Or was there one thing within it that you said, okay, I got it. Or do you feel like it was the combination of all of it? So that's a, that's a complex question. I do understand your question and um, bear with me while I do my best to answer. I think (laughs) that there, the easiest way I can answer that question is the physical practice of yoga has readied my mind for stillness. And that was something that I struggled with the most, you know, my entire life because of this disordered thinking and those ingrained patterns of chaos and um, distraction and turmoil. I, I had such a hard time with the stillness, you know, I was in need of constant stimulation and rather than leaning into stillness, I would avoid it. You know, it just felt Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable. So the part of yoga, the physical part has helped me to move into a place where I could be still, still enough to really kind of connect with the answers, if that makes sense. Like the answers that are within you, not absolutely exterior, not external to you, not someone else, you know, suggesting something, but no, like we all know when we're in the presence of truth and when you get quiet enough, or at least when I get quiet enough, and I do believe it happens for other people as well. Um, you're met with all kinds of things that come up. And as that starts to swirl around and eventually sort of pass away and you stay long enough, you just wait long enough for it to just sort of, you know, kind of just dissipate. You're left with this incredible sense of calm and peace. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in that moment, you take that with you. And the stronger your practice of meditation which is what I'm talking about, that Mm -hmm. that stillness, that quiet, the stronger your practice becomes, the more it lasts like outside of that meditative experience. You you know, that calm and that peace and that feeling um, centered, you take that into the rest of your daily life. All of your other activities, your interactions with individuals, they, they improve, you know? So I've noticed that in myself. So I would say that 
that meditative aspect, the, the leaning into the stillness was what I was missing for so long for many, many years. And I think mm -hmm. it, you know, um, was missing from both of my parents' lives. Certainly I, I notice it missing in other family members' lives currently. And, um, and so I really try to, if I'm going to skip anything in a day, <laughs> I try not to let it be meditation. <laughs> um, it's just too important. It, um, it gives me that centering, that grounding, that, that sense of, and it's self-generated. It doesn't come from outside of myself, which is really important for a recovering addict, you know, to not reach for something outside of ourselves is, is huge. Um, yeah. And being comfortable with at first that sense of discomfort, a good discomfort, as opposed to the um, trauma inspired discomfort that we are accustomed to, right? This is a new level of discomfort that we can eventually find comfort in. And I don't know about you, but I know if I miss a day, if at the end of the day, I'm feeling a little wonky, I can almost guarantee that it's because I did not meditate during the day, that I did yeah. not set that intention to deliberately allow myself to reconnect with that sense of stillness and my higher self. Absolutely. I, I agree. I completely relate to that. Yeah. And because it happens, you know, sometimes we allow uh, our lives, the, the busyness of our lives to take over. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves off balance and we're like, okay, wait a minute. What didn't I do today? The most important thing I can do for myself, which is meditate or, you know, sit in that sense of stillness. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. I, I completely relatable. If I miss anything in a day, <laughs> I try not to let it be that. So like, I know sometimes life happens and, you know, we're, especially with the responsibilities and demands we have on our time and in our lives, you know, we're not living the life of a monk at the ashram. So we, <laughs> we have right. to come up, but, but I do realize the decision I'm making to skip that and what it will mean. You know, I, I know that's how powerful the effects of, of having a regular practice of meditation are, you know, I feel real screwy come four o'clock if I missed my morning session. And so I do try to leave just a few minutes you know, somewhere in the day. Um, and then I can guarantee within a few minutes, I, I can, you know, start to come out of that, you know, squirrel cage or whatever it is at that point, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think meditation is, um, I would love to see as many meditation centers open as there are yoga studios, honestly. Um, Boy, and that's why I'm we offer you. it a welcome home, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> separately from a yoga class, we have separate classes that are strictly meditation classes. After experiencing a 10-day Vipassana meditation this past summer, um, in June, I spent 10 days doing a Vipassana meditation where, you know, you really are meditating 10 hours a day. The entire 10 days is a silence. Um, there is no music. There's no writing or journaling, nothing to distract yourself from this work. And it was an incredibly powerful experience, very challenging, but incredibly powerful. And that really just sort of cemented everything I've ever believed about meditation just in the last, you know, six years or so of regularly practicing. Um, and after leaving the um, meditation center where I had this experience, 
I committed to myself, you're, you're not going to miss a day. And mm-hmm. unless I've been ill, like under the weather severe, like I haven't, I've stayed true to that. And, and I can, I can tell I'm just, I feel so much more productive, so much more clear, so much more aware and less, less agitated. You know, the less agitation we walk around with, um, the more we're able to share energy wholesomely with everybody, you know, from Mm -hmm. the stranger at the post office to our nearest and dearest loved ones. So I've really tried to um, stay on top of that. I have missed my physical asana practice, you know, more than I would like, but I've stayed pretty regular to the meditation. And I really try to encourage people who, especially who are newer into recovery, um, even three minutes a day. That's a start. Yeah, right. Two things that I really want to say there, because you mentioned this um, a couple of minutes ago as well. Just a few minutes of meditation. People get so hung up on the fact that they they can't do meditation because they have to sit in a certain posture with a mudra, you know, for 20 minutes. And and <laughs> it's not that way. And right. I mean, right. you and I know this. If you can just allow yourself those few minutes of stillness, your life will change. Exactly. You know, I you, you can do it for one minute, if that's all you can do. That's right. Right. Give yourself that one minute. Okay. And the other thing I want to say is I am giving you a deep bow. I have been meditating for 20, at least 25 years. And the longest day, the longest time I could go was three days of silence. And I had to volunteer to work in the kitchen so that I could at least speak in directing (laughs) people what to do. I, 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 so I am giving you such a deep bow right now, sister, for going that long because I, I couldn't do it. You know, the first thing I said, they said, well, we need volunteers for the kitchen and you might have to talk. And I'm like, okay, hands up. I'll do it. (laughs) So really deep bow to you. That's amazing. Yeah, you're, that's amazing. Okay, so we're getting down to where we only have like four minutes left. And I really want to touch on the donation-based recovery classes that you're offering. Because one of the things that I always hear from people is they can't afford yoga. Yeah. They can't afford yoga. So tell us about that. So the way we operate at Welcome Home, is, first of all, our mission is to make sure everyone who's seeking yoga has a chance to experience yoga, especially people who are seeking recovery. Um, We're a recovery-based, donation-based studio, and we have a suggested amount if you want to reserve a spot, if you want to become a member. Um, we, We do have a suggested amount, but we won't turn anyone away. And so hopefully the way the business plan model as it is, is set up is that those who truly can afford yoga, we welcome everyone, you know, mm-hmm. but those who truly can afford will pay maybe a little more. Those who can't afford will pay a little less, you know, and it'll somehow meet in the middle. And we're not out to obviously earn a lot of money. We're out to share a lot of yoga with as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there are costs and there, you know, is an overhead that we have to be mindful about. But I would like to say that I think five to six dollars per class is is a great option you know i if you can afford a pack of cigarettes right like if you come to me and say right i really i'm, I'm a newly i'm newly in recovery robin i really want to try this yoga and you know like most of you know the people i've met and who i used to be frankly like if you can afford alcohol cigarettes anything else frankly that gambling set whatever it is if you can afford five dollars a class you know then you've come to the right place you know we're 
We're not an extravagant boutique studio. Um, our, des our design is meant to have everyone um, welcome and con to continue to feel supported and embraced. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the design. And we offer Y12SR classes. That's yoga for the 12 step of recovery. I mentioned meditation classes. Um, as well as some gentle flow, yin, vinyasa, you know. So I also offer yoga for runners, and I've got incredible groups to start people on a running path, too, if they want to combine running with yoga. It's been tremendous in my life, and so that's something else we do, workshops. You know, people can run their first race. I mean, I didn't start doing that, running serious marathons, until after I, you know, found recovery the second time around, I like to say, in yoga, and it's very healing. So there's something for everyone. Awesome. Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I love your studio. I love your space. I can't wait till I'm uh, post injury enough that I can start attending some of the classes now that you guys are officially open and I love meditation. So I know the benefits that it's had for me in, in my own recovery. That was my conversation uh, last week when I opened up and shared more about my journey. So I absolutely love that. Listeners, I really encourage you, if you're in the Metro Detroit area, to jump online, Welcome Home Yoga, and visit Robin and the wonderful team of people that she works with. So Robin, we're down to the wire. We've got like 30 seconds. And I love for my guests to leave the listeners with something they can take out into the day to elevate their soul or, you know, uplift their life in some way. And before you do that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me, being flexible and being part of my life journey. I oh, love you. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. It's been a pleasure. So what would that be for you? What would you, what's your, what's something that the listeners can take out into the day to elevate their soul? I think that as long as you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. And I know that you're going to help them find their purpose through yoga and meditation. So thanks yeah, for being thank here. Uh, listeners, tune in. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.